Four-way tie, Matt, in the NFC West with the 49ers beating the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football. We will recap that when our takeaways from primetime the rest of week four. Javante Williams, unfortunate news on his knee injury, torn ACL out for the season. How do the Broncos and your fantasy teams figure out the rest of their season now at the running back position all that and more coming up on today's peacock and williamson nfl analyst brian peacock and former nfl scout matt williamson bring you expert nfl analysis every day in less than 30 minutes get an inside look into the nfl on the field and in the front office with elite breakdowns next level analysis and in-depth information only for the real nfl fans This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you as always. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt, we've got to get into this Monday Night Football matchup, which was really a powerhouse performance from the 49ers defense. And I thought that might be the case coming in, but I was even more impressed with that unit for the 49ers it was the best of the this is something you like to say when you when you break down a game and we're looking at you know one matchup one opponent against another is that you know what's the best unit of the four and the 49ers defense I think on Monday Night Football was clearly the best unit of the four offenses and defenses on the field I 100% agree um I think it's a very interesting group right now and I just started this morning well yesterday too I, I always do a big Steelers breakdown against their opponent and I'm digging into the bills and the bills are at the top of like every defensive category, but they're behind the Niners and like everyone, you know, like the Niners are just above them or, you know, I mean, I didn't realize how highly ranked after four weeks, this defense was, of course I knew it was good, but you start digging into critical stats. It's like, boy, the Niners are one there too. The one in this one too, you know, and I'm starting with the Rams. I think their O-line's a disaster, and it, it could be their kryptonite for the year. But this is also a bad matchup, as you can get. Be I mean, led by Bosa, but as you know better than anybody, there isn't a team in the league that puts more resources into their defensive front than the Niners. I mean, the depth and high draft pick after high draft pick, and that's really showing up, and it's a terrible matchup for the Rams. And I, I can't just blame O-line for Rams. It seems like more is missing there. I mean, who's the back? Why doesn't Allen Robinson ever do anything? Is Stafford a little bit banged up? I mean, are they are there some holes on defense? I wonder if, you know, and it's all worth it because they won the Super Bowl last year, but is their team model going to start to crumble here? Yeah, it's it's sort of all of those things, I think, Matt, yeah. that you mentioned there. The offensive line is bad, and and that's, that's the beginning of everything yeah. because now you, the run game is poor. And your quarterback is protected worse, which is going to affect everything on offense. And the 49ers have seen a little bit about of that this year as well. But, uh, you know, a Rams offense still holding them to three field goals, I think, was a was a huge coup for the 49ers defense. And Matthew Stafford then at the end trying to play hero ball, throwing multiple balls to the 49ers defense, one for a pick six, a couple more that could have been intercepted that weren't that hit Fred Warner and Tashawn Gibson in the hands. And that's what's scary about the 49ers defense, I think, is that all three levels right now are playing uh, playing really well. And then yeah, you get uh, even extra than you expected, probably out of Talanoa Hufanga, who's just 
instinctively and in reactionary ahead, like two steps ahead of everybody. And he might not be the, the most athletic player, but man, especially when he's in the box and coming downhill and even in coverage is what I was worried about this year and seeing him play at this level, a borderline star level right now for Hufanga. It's remarkable. And I didn't expect it. it. It's crazy how well he's playing on the backside. And I think the most underrated unit maybe in the NFL is the 49ers starting cornerbacks just because both guys and, and how rare is this for the 49ers to roll into a season with two undrafted cornerbacks and to feel good about it. And one of them was obviously a high-end free agent. The 49ers spent some money on Charverius Ward and he's been awesome. And then Emmanuel Mosley is, is just sort of anonymous on the other side. And he's been really good throughout his career. Those guys are playing at a high level. The safeties are playing well. They've got one of the best linebacking groups in the league. So I don't know how you attack this 49ers defense right now. They don't have to bring extra, extra players to bring pressure on your quarterback. Yeah, and they may have found a guy in Lenore, as you're well aware. Warner's yeah. a total star. Greenlaw is a very good player. Guys like, you know, Awebicon, you know, I, I always butcher his name, but I mean, they, they just have so many guys. And, you know, th sprinkle in the rookie, you know, Drake, uh, Drake and those guys as well. It's a really good unit. And not only do the Rams lack talent up front, but they struggled with twists and stunts and picking things up and games. They've had so many people there. So they're losing one-on-one -on -one matchups to better players and they're having mental bust. Big problem there. Um, one thing I took away, which of course was a Shanahan trait, but was very evident in this game when the Niners had the ball were, were big plays, you know, explosives, you know, Wilson, goes untouched for a 32-yard gain. You know, Juszczyk had a nice big gain there. Ayuk did, Kittle, and Debo, I mean, wow. You know, I mean, what a what a full-grown man he is. But a lot of explosive plays on offense. Yeah, and with the Debo play, that's all on him. It's like, okay, yeah. you, you can't really scheme that. It's like, okay, catch it. You'll and be then good. And make everybody else miss you and run through arm tackles and score a touchdown. How about that? that, that yeah. And we saw a lot of, of that last year with Debo. And it was really nice to see Debo doing it as a receiver and not just, uh, you know, with the wide back stuff because teams are catching on to the wide back and it hasn't been as successful so far this year. He had two carries for two yards in this game, but the six catches for 115, the 57 yard touchdown was the one that was super fun to watch. And, and that's why Debo is always worth the price of admission. But yeah, enough, enough chunk plays. A, a one big run, which was a backbreaker, that big Debo play. And then a couple more here and there with Ayuk, and uh, you mentioned uh, check. He's so good at sneaking a, a tight end or a or a fullback out to be uncovered. It happens so often in Kyle Shanahan offenses, and they got one there against the Rams on Monday Night Football as well. So uh, really get-right game for the San Francisco 49ers on offense. They'd already been playing so well on defense, but it was nice to see the defense, you know, because it was the, the monsoon in week one. There was some rain and a bad Seahawks team in week two, so you weren't sure. Then the Broncos really aren't playing in a super high level, and more on the Broncos in a second here, and they're uh, – they're, they're, not in a great spot, but it was no. like, okay, this is the Los Angeles Rams, you know, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford. This is a better test for the 49ers defense, and uh, they still look like one of the best units in the league. Cooper Cup was just the entire offense. I know Tyler Higby That's had 10 saying, catches yeah. for 73 yards, but I didn't really feel like, oh, Tyler Higby, another catch is breaking the 49ers back. It was all Cooper Cup. And just forcing the ball, doing everything you can, and even 14 catches for 122. The line is great, but there was no back-breaking touchdown by him and no running game at all to speak of. I don't know what's going on with Cam Akers. He might have the worst start to a season that I can remember for a guy that you thought would be you know, potentially a, a league winner for your fantasy teams. He's averaging, I, I think... It was 1.13 this, but for the season, yeah, eight carries for 13 yards, but for the season, he's under 
he had negative yards in the first week, right? So he might be under one and a half yards per carry on the season. Wow. And that's very possible. I mean, look at this line. He's eight for 13 with a long of six. So those other seven didn't do much of anything. (laughs) That's what I was going to say about Cup, too. Hey, I love Cup as much as the next guy. It's remarkable how open he is time and time again. But 33 targets for Cup and Higby, you know, that seems like that's how it is like every week with these guys. You, You can't just have two weapons. And Higby's not even much of a weapon. I mean, he's fine, you know. I did undersell Akers a little bit. He had that one good game uh, against the the Cardinals last week where he had 5.1 yards per carry, 12 carries for 61 yards, and he did have a touchdown. So, But okay. aside from that, good for him. you know, two-yard per carry guy. Um, and Brutal. Yeah, it's just it's it's really up front, which is the problem for the Rams. I think he nailed it there. The offensive line that's gonna be that's not gonna get much better this year either for them. So maybe that is the Achilles heel. But at two and two, 49ers two and two, Cardinals, Seahawks, shotgun start. Everybody's two and two, 13 more games. Let's see who can go win the West. Yeah, I like the Niners' chances, but I mean at home Monday night against that D line was walking into a buzzsaw for the Rams. A lot of good matchups too with the NFC West and the AFC West playing each other this season. So oh yeah. Well. Yeah, a lot to be decided there in the NFC West with the 49ers, with the the Los Angeles Rams. You brought up one more note on this game. You brought up um, Allen Robinson, and this was the fi- this oh. was finally the season where Allen Robinson gets to play with a good quarterback. And he is is he just cooked? Is he done? That's that's what it seems like. They, 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 there's no there's no synergy with him and Safford at all. He, they're not trying to get him the ball at all. No, He's not like clearly wide open all the time. They're just kind of throwing him a couple jump balls in the red zone. And that's about it. Yeah. And the announcers are even talking about Odell and how excited he is to you know, probably join this team again. Like, don't you have a guy who's pretty good that you just gave a bunch of money to? And I mean, I'm looking at his stat line because I own him in like every fantasy league because frankly, and I'm not blaming Matt Harmon. He's one of my favorite analysts out there like Allen Robinson's reception perception stuff was really good last year. He's just on a dreadful team. And now he's just a ghost. I mean, six of the most nondescript targets that I can remember and catches two of them for seven yards. That's how it is every week. Like he's unusable in fantasy. That's for sure. Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, Feel free to drop him. And when the announcers like that, they do a lot of work and talk to a lot of people throughout the week and have a lot of interviews. Right. right. They start saying stuff like that. That's, you know, Rams folks being like, yeah, well, hopefully we can get Odell because we're not getting anything from anybody but Cooper Cup. It's brutal. Right. And Higby seems like he just gets targets by default. I mean, and he gets a lot of them, but mm-hmm. that's not the guy you want to funnel the offense through. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that, that should be the fourth, fifth option on the offense right, right now. It's the second, which is a bad sign for that, that Rams offense. Yep. Okay. Next, let's talk a little bit about the Denver Broncos who have stumbled to start their season at two and two. They're not in a terrible place, uh, but they just lost their franchise running back. Luckily, they do have some depth at that position. We'll talk about Javante Williams, what it means for the Broncos, what it means for your fantasy rosters, maybe some other names out there of some running backs that could have big second halves of the season that could help out uh, their respective teams and your fantasy football team as well. But first, I want to let the folks out there know about our next sponsor that is something I use literally every day. Uh, I started taking AG1 because I wanted to add some injury, some energy to my mornings. And I wanted some vitamins and I didn't want to be taking vitamins all day. And I always forget to do stuff throughout the day, right? You got to take it with a meal and all that. AG1 is so easy. The first thing you do, you put a scoop in a cup of water and that is it. And you are done. And you have now 
set your entire day straight with 75 high quality vitamins and minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. So pretty much all of the things. And oh yeah, it's something that can give you energy because it's something your body needs but it also helps you sleep better too unlike something like caffeine which might give you a jolt in the afternoon and then you're tossing and turning all night long so there's really no reason not to take ag1 and it is lifestyle friendly as well uh that digestion i talked about the probiotics you might be dairy free so this is something that you can do without the benefits of yogurt and other things like that it's keto friendly paleo friendly uh gluten free vegan uh contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals no artificial anything in ag1 and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nfl network again that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts, Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, on YouTube, the Locked On NFL channel is where you can find Peacock and Williamson as well. A little bit of a blow here for uh, a running back that I drafted high in some fantasy leagues, someone that I expected to anchor my fantasy team, someone I expected to anchor the running game for the Denver Broncos this year. This was supposed to be the breakout year for Javante Williams, and Matt, it's never going to happen. It was sort of a slow start for him. And now a torn ACL and LCL, he is done for the year. And hopefully he gets back in time for week one next year with a with a nasty knee injury like that. Javante Williams, how important was he for the Broncos? Uh, and and how, how do the Broncos even make up for this loss? Luckily, I mean, Melvin Gordon is somebody they brought back. And so you have some depth, but, you know, Mike Boone is there. Um they picked up Latavis Murray yesterday, too. Yeah, it's just Saints, a, but, you know. a bummer of a season because I'm sure Javante Williams coming to the year is like, yes, I am going to become an NFL superstar. And he's got all the talent, passing game, running game work. And poof, it's just gone like that. The season almost never got going because he, he didn't even have that breakout game at the beginning of the year. either. You hate that he tore both tendons. You know, I mean, an ACL, you don't think twice about, OK, that, you know, he'll be back modern medicine. But both, it's like, hmm, I wonder if he'll ever be the same. Who knows? He's still young, obviously. Um, might be my favorite back in the league, to be very honest with you. I mean, I adore his running style. He's a good receiver. He's maybe, you know, besides a guy like Chubb, it might be the hardest guy to get on the ground. And I was really critical of the Broncos up until his injury all year, saying all your offensive struggles, give it to this guy. You know, I mean, maybe that's not what Russ wants to do, but – the best thing for this team would have it run through Javante Williams. And as, as most of you know, Ryan McDowell and I host Locked on Dynasty football. And uh, Dynasty is a lot about predicting the future. And a couple of weeks ago, we did a show, who's your bet to be the number one running back in Dynasty one year from now? Who's going to be worth the most? And I said, I want Javante Williams, you know, over Taylor, over anybody. 
uh, that's how high I am on him. I figured Gordon would be out of the way by then. And uh, this is a big, big blow to a team that is really struggling, just lost to an 0-3 team. Uh, the, you know, their running back, Josh Jacobs, really played well in that game. But even just look at the box score of that one, Melvin Gordon, three carries for eight yards. You know, I mean, this offense is very anemic. I like Gordon as a player, but boy, he has fumbled a lot this year. I wonder if they're losing trust in him. Boone is a hard-charging, quality guy. You know, I mean, I assume him and Gordon will split carries, I'm guessing. But, like, for fantasy reasons, you pick up Murray, and now is it a three-headed mess all of a sudden on a bad offense? And who's the receiver of the group? So I'm not, like, spending all my fab money to go pick up Boone or Murray. Right, and I think there's some players on other teams that might be the place to, you know, to 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 put higher on your waiver claims than mm-hmm. some of the, the leftovers there for the Denver Broncos. And it should be mostly Melvin Gordon there anyway, and he's probably already on somebody's roster as a backup. So if you already have Melvin Gordon or if you had the handcuff there with Javante Williams, you're probably feeling okay about Melvin Gordon. You know what kind of NFL player he is. But just really quick before we talk more about the running backs, going back to the Broncos, they've got one of the least impressive resumes of the two and two teams. There's a ton of two and two teams in the NFL right now. They lost to the Seahawks in the opener, 17-16. They only mustered 16. That doesn't look quite as bad as it used to. I I think Seattle might be better than terrible, you know? But they're, yeah, but again, you're in. still, they're backwards as could be. Right. You're still in a mediocre zone there. You're like, okay, we're we're in the realm of mediocre teams, you know, where you expect it to be a lot more than that if you're the Broncos. Week two, they only mustered 16 points again against the Houston Texans, narrowly winning there. Even more narrow win 11 to 10. Last week, Sunday night against the 49ers looked terrible on offense, but we know the Niners do have a good defense and then lost to the 0-3 Raiders in week four. So I, I I don't feel good. I felt great about them. I had the Broncos making the playoffs and Russell Wilson with an MVP-like season. Remember in our preseason predictions? Oh, yeah. By far my worst prediction so far, um, they still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. But, man, um, I don't like anything I'm seeing, and I'm selling all my stock in the Denver Broncos, and I'm not excited about what I've seen from Russell Wilson, uh, the new coaching staff, really Really, none of it. They, you know, the defense I think is holding them, uh, holding them together. But then the Raiders came in and scored thirty-two points against them in, against them in Week Four. So I don't think the offense is is doing enough to to not put their defense in a bad place. So they're, they're very worried about the Denver Broncos after four weeks. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I don't want to say their coach has no chance to succeed, but he looks like he's in over his head through four weeks. That's for sure. Maybe that's starting to look a little better with all the offensive penalties and things of that nature. I wasn't doing jumping jacks when they made the Wilson trade anyway, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he's clearly a declining player. I'm not saying he stinks or, you know, obviously he's better than what they've played with. But considering how you change your franchise and how much you have to give up of future assets and even just, you know, bringing him in the building and just changing the whole environment, it's not going well. And I think they're really in a bad spot. I, too, had them as my seven seed i think as the last wild card team they have a good roster but they're missing some stuff right now i guess they could get it turned around but not a lot of signs of that so far so aside from melvin gordon there's some really good names at running back that i think people should be targeting trying to trade for Mm -hmm. maybe picking up on their waiver wire if you had javante williams or even if you didn't and you're looking for some running back depth on your your fantasy teams and some players that could be breakout players in the the second you know, the, the second, third, and fourth quarter of the 2022 season. But first, really quick, Matt. So we talked about the AFC West here with the Broncos and the, and the Raiders. And then the NFC West, everybody's at two and two. If you had to pick, uh, and, and not counting the Kansas City Chiefs, because that's the only team that's above 500 in 
of out of those eight teams, the Kansas of both Western divisions, the Kansas City Chiefs, the only team that's above 500. I think we would say for sure that team's making the playoffs. You have to pick one playoff team from each of the Wests hmm. aside from the Kansas City Chiefs. How are you feeling about the two and two Chargers, two and two Broncos, one and three Raiders, and all of the NFC West teams that are two and two right now? <sighs> you know me, I always think about Steelers, the AFC North. And, and I think that those three divisions, if you include the AFC North, we looked at as they're the three best divisions in the league, probably led by both Western ones. And all three of those divisions, not to change the, the tune here, are all over the place. I'm not sure who's good and who's bad in any of them. And that's just how the league is right now. Um, I'm dancing around your question a little bit because I really think the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs, I know are really good. I don't know if the Chargers are, but they would clearly be my pick for the question. I guess your Niners would be on the list because I can't go with Arizona or Seattle. And we just saw San Francisco beat the Rams. So there's some recency bias there. But we talked about all the problems L.A.'s having right now to start the show. Um, Do I trust Brandon Staley, though? I think that's a legit question. A big time recency bias because before Monday Night Football, I wouldn't have picked the Niners, but I liked what I saw there. The yeah, offense yeah. doing their job, and, and, and that's the that's the 49ers team we've seen that's gone far in the playoffs a couple times in the last three seasons. So that was a really good sign for the 49ers. How about this, though? Only two teams in those two divisions have scored more points than they've given up. And it is, yeah, I was about to say that. I'm sitting here looking at that too. Like, yeah. that, that's unbelievable, right? I mean, the Chiefs and Niners are the only ones with a positive uh, point differential. It's crazy. Pretty amazing there in the West, what's going on. There are supposed to be two powerhouse divisions, only one team above 500. I think there is still some good teams there, but uh, they're going to have to figure some things out here. And uh, as we know, the NFL season is always extremely unpredictable. And so I'm sure whatever happens next will be just as much of a shock as what we've seen the first four weeks of the season. Matt, next, let's talk running backs. Who are those players you should be targeting in your fantasy waiver wires next? And by the way, if you want to probably get some pretty good odds on some of those teams in the AFC or NFC West to win the Super Bowl, maybe better odds than than when they when the season started, but you still believe betonline.net is your number one source for football betting and information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find because it's not just about making bets. You need the best information you can before you make those bets so you're able to make more money. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. Of course, football uh, wagers throughout the season, season-long stuff, prop bets. They've got lines for week five, of course, but they've got lines all the way through the end of the, the regular season that you can get a jump on. Uh, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events with Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, NBA getting going as well. So get over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So Melvin Gordon, obviously, his stock is way up right now with the Javante Williams injury. He might be the bell cow for the Denver Broncos, although we've talked about how anemic the offense has been for them. Maybe they need to lean a little bit more on the running game, and that'll help Russ out, and, and that'll help that offense get right. But uh, Cordero Patterson now coming down with an injury for the Atlanta Falcons, and I think Algier, the rookie running back for the Atlanta Falcons, might be my number one waiver wire claim coming into week five. How do you feel about the rookie there? 
Yeah, I, I, me too. I mean, they are much more competitive than you would think, and it's all about the running game. I mean, they are fourth in the league in rushing yards, and they're able to stay with that script, which is impressive. They're not always playing from behind. They barely throw the ball, as us Kyle Pitts owners know. They want to, I mean, that guy, he's on the back of a milk carton, and some tight end I never heard of had more snaps than Pitts last week. So they want to just be big and bullies and remember that the coach comes from Tennessee. I mean, no one's Derrick Henry, but that's how they want to play football. And Algier, to me, fits that mold pretty well. You know, I mean, Huntley's in that mix as well. Um, Damian Williams is in that mix. Part of me thinks the way they play, and it's kind of like a Niner thing, that they're just going to beat the crap out of their backs and, you know, they last three or four weeks and then you get the next guy and then they will last three or four weeks and you get the next guy. But I do think Algier is um, my favorite waiver wire claim more than the Bronco guys and will fit in well there. He, he kind of has that James Conner like style. Yeah. And he ripped off a nice little 42 yard run yeah. last week. He had started to be used. He had a couple games where he had 10 carries. So he was in the mix already. And, you know, as a rookie, you feel better. Okay. He's got a month of regular season football under his belt now. And Cordero Patterson, it's not going to be a game time decision where all of a sudden Cordero Patterson's the starter again, and he's limping into the game. He's on IR. So at least he's right. going to be out for four weeks with his knee procedure. It doesn't look like it's going to keep him out for the entire year, but for the next four weeks, Tyler Algier, uh, the rookie running back for the Atlanta Falcons becomes the starter. And I think I've seen enough from him. And I know that there's a an urgency for the, the Atlanta Falcons to run the football there. I love that pickup and uh, potentially even a league winner if he runs away with the job. And I, here's what's crazy. I would probably rather roster Tyler Algier for the next four weeks than Kyle Pitts on that offense. I, I right? hear what you're saying. I own Pitts everywhere. He was my number one tight end. I remember we did that show and a lot of people gave me blowback. How do you have him over... Andrews and especially Kelsey. Well, I'm an idiot. I mean, they don't use them at all. Um, one name I did want to throw out, though, in this conversation that is probably available in your leagues is Isaiah Pacheco. I don't know how much people watch the, the Chiefs game. I just think he looks much better than Edward Solaire, more of a traditional back. Edward Solaire has put up really good fantasy numbers, but I think it's kind of fluky. I mean, Pacheco's the better ball carrier, in my opinion. And there was all that preseason buzz about him. And I kind of brushed it off like, that's cute, you know, but no, he's a really good player. And Isaiah Pacheco's already surpassed uh, J Jarek McKinnon on the depth chart. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they want to give er one guy all of the touches, which is why Algier would be the 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 one to own in fantasy leagues. Mm -hmm. it's probably oh, a lot right. easier to pick up Isaiah Pacheco in your fantasy leagues. And I agree with you, even though he's a second round pick. I mean, he's got the 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 athleticism he's his playing style is great he's clearly a better pure running back i think than clyde edwards hilaire could he mm -hmm. potentially run away with the job himself and hilaire becomes sort of a third down back there i think that's possible and their touches were pretty even last week so there is some evidence there that that could be the case so absolutely that's a that's a good name on the waiver wire to pick up um a couple more here the Miami Dolphins have been really pass heavy. I think they were among the top, oh, yeah. maybe even the top team in the league with throwing the ball on first down at the beginning of the season. But with Tua now sidelined and maybe them rethinking how they're going to do things on offense, I wonder if the running game, and look, this this is a, the guy who was a run game coordinator under Kyle Shanahan as head coach now and Mike McDaniel. I wonder if there might be a, a bigger opportunity for the running backs 
who haven't really been super valuable for the Miami Dolphins. And Raheem Mostert, who came into the year as not the starter, wasn't drafted in a lot of fantasy leagues. He's probably available in a lot of leagues out there as well. And I think he's clearly the better runner and the better fit there for that outside zone scheme because of how explosive he is. Um, I think he might be someone that you could pick up that could have some big runs and some big games coming up uh, in the very near future as well. So Raheem Mostert's another name to look out for in your waiver wire if you can't get some of the other guys. Yeah, or you know, uh, buy low in a trade right now. I mean, you got to right. think that you know there are going to the, the running game is coming in Miami. I'm shocked it hasn't arrived yet, but we know where he comes from. You know better than anyone. I mean, that is coming. I was more of an Edmonds guy, and I never liked the fit. To your point, I mean, Mostert's much more of a Niner type guy, but Edmonds catches passes, and they gave him a lot of money. So I'm like, well, I guess they like him better. But yeah, um, and there, there might be a lot of like poaching happening there where Mostert runs away with the job, but then he then they've Edmonds comes in on third downs and then gets the touchdowns in, in short yardage goal line situations. So maybe neither one of them you're going to feel great about in the end, but you know, if there's an injury to one or the other, that would help, help, you know, open things up for an every down type of a back. But it's just clear that, you know, if, if you're looking for, you know, upside, Mostert is more of the play than Edmonds. Cause we kind of yeah. know who Edmonds is, but Mostert could be the big play, big run guy that really puts you up some big numbers and he might just become the guy there at running back. If possible. when I'm watching the, the dolphins, I came away thinking, well, Mostert's clearly the better running back. And I 100% agree and better fit. Um, last note, I know we're up against it, but while we're talking Miami, unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater is an option for you guys in fantasy leagues too. I mean, with, with those two receivers he's throwing to, who knows how long two is going to be out. You could do a lot worse on the waiver wire and you know he's available. You know, guys right. like and, might not. Yeah, and, and it's nice to be a quarterback that can target guys like Jalen Waddle and exactly. Tyree Kill and let them do all the work. Uh, he does, Yeah, Teddy right. is, is a point guard, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Great stuff there. We are going to open up the Peacock and Williamson mailbag on Wednesday's episode. So get those questions in in the YouTube comments or tag Matt on Twitter at Williamson NFL back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.